Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. Support comes from FoodWorks Natural Market, your local full-service organic and natural food store, offering health and wellness programs and a variety of vegan and vegetarian selections. Located in Guilford, Old Saybrook, and Cheshire, information at food-works.org. Faith here with a welcome toast. It was Russell Baker who said, while an eon, as someone has observed, may be two people and a ham, a fruitcake is forever. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in small bites or eat the whole thing. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry. We have an unbelievable eggnog coming your way. It's the one you're going to want to have and serve during this holiday season. We have Dory Greenspan, who has a new, she's one of the great bakers ever, and has a new cookbook out, Dory's Cookies. And Amy Traverso from Yankee Magazine is joining us to talk about some great local food things that you can give as gifts and some some little apps and snacks and things to make during the holiday season. More puff pastry, so we're excited about that. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast's Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province of Hartford, Mark Raymond of Santa Carolina Wines. We're here to have a good time, as you know, and of course that means we're starting with our buddy Dory Greenspan, one of the great, great, great bakers I know. Cookbooks to prove it, not just baking, food in general. This woman knows what she is doing. And when it comes to cookies, I once was part of one of her tastings, everybody, and it was so exciting to be on that list and get the tins and tins coming oh, yeah. out to so try. Jealous. She no. is so good. You can rely on her cookies. Okay, so Dory's Cookies, the new book, at our website. The recipes you hear us talk about are also posted there, thanks to Dory's generosity. Welcome back to the Food Schmooze. Always, always good to be with you. Thank you. Great to have you. Hey. Good to have you here. Um, okay. Hi, Let, guys. Can, hey there. Can we start with the uh, Christmas spice cookies? Because we made these yeah. at a recent trip to Clark Kitchens in Norwalk. And we made lots of them. And yeah. We, <laughs> we ate lots of them. So many. We had to oh, test. Oh, the kitchen. Clark <laughs> must have smelled really good. Hey, we fed them to everyone. People were so excited about these cookies. They're easy. Easy to make. That's what we like. What do you call this? Your do-almost-anything vanilla cookie dough. Right. So I have two doughs, the do-almost-anything vanilla and the do-almost-anything chocolate cookie doughs that you can do almost anything with. So the dough is really, really easy. And the doughs can be either rolled out. You can make slice and bake cookies with them. You can scoop them, stick your thumb in the cookie and make a thumbprint. Anything. The mixture for these Christmas spice cookies, the ones that are beautifully photographed in the book, how did you come up with your spice mixture? The dough, as I said, is vanilla. To that dough, you add cinnamon, ginger, a pinch of cloves, because cloves is a really strong flavor, mm. and a pinch of allspice for the same reason. 
I think of these as the Christmas spices. I think these are the spices of mulled cider and mulled wine. And they smell like Christmas, and then they taste like Christmas. Well, I read the line in Dory's book, Everybody, and she said, or you could have a cookie or two with a sip of cognac in the evening. And oh, thought, yeah. Oh, I have to make these <laughs> and like do it. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that so, cinnamon is, and clove, that's really nice with cognac. Oh, yes. yeah. In yeah. a fireplace. Yeah, yeah so, that too. <laughs> the reason we were attracted to this recipe is because it's the kind of cookie that anybody can make. And if you're someone who's never made cookies before, it's not your tradition, and you this year want to try that, either to give to people or just to be in the spirit, this is a great dough and technique. This is a cookie that I can make. I'm a fearful baker. We did the roll and slice method, and it was so easy, right? We made a big roll of it so and we sliced like, coins off it, and then basically like a deck of cards threw them on the cookie sheet and then right in the oven. And give it a I tr- love the image of like a deck of cards. <laughs> give it a try. It's at the website, yeah. this recipe. Next recipe up from Dory, her book, Dory's Cookies, these almond crackle cookies. I like oh. anything that crackles. Yeah. It's just one of my favorite <laughs> textures. So I even almond. like the sound of the word. Mm-hmm. Mm. Three ingredients, sugar, that's sliced right. almonds, and an egg. Really? Uh, Sarah, I-, I just said that's not possible. So the recipe comes from my friend Martine Collet in Paris. I said just what you said, not possible. Where's the butter? Where's the flour? Just these three ingredients. And it's amazing how delicious these are. And the texture's remarkable. And so they're gluten-free. Yeah. And this is a cookie you can make truly in a flash. So the three ingredients... I think the author says you should mix them with a fork, but I (laughs) mix them with my fingers and just put a little on the baking sheet, put them in the oven, and they're done. So they're great for parties. They're fabulous with ice cream. They're a good, you know, nibble with anything. And, and they're healthy. Time. They're very, it's like vitamins. Yeah. This nice is cup of coffee. They keep going yeah. with it. I want my vitamins. <laughs> Breakfast so, cookies with coffee. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so what you do is you um, whisk the sugar and the egg together in a bowl for a minute. Dory does it with her fingers, as she says. And it's blended. It's a little thick. And then you just toss in the almonds and whisk again. And right away, you start scooping it, the batter onto a, a sheet. And you cook it for about 20 minutes, I guess. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't get easier than that. Yeah. They look gorgeous. I would say for anybody who's a new baker, start on page 176, Almond Crackle Cookies. Even if you're not a new baker, if you just want to be delighted. Dory, what would happen if we threw chocolate chips in there? Oh, what would happen if you dip them in chocolate? Oh, yeah. oh. after they come out. Mm. Oh yeah. my God! Mm. Like half, half. half. exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh. Mm. What would happen if you put a little espresso in the chocolate? Ooh. This is why cookies. Well, but it's like coconut in the chocolate. Mm. I mean, but this is why cookies are so much fun. You can just play endlessly with them. I like it. Do you have tins and tins and tins and tins in the freezer that you keep pulling out to think about them again, think, should I change this? I've had a, a thought during the night. Here's what I could do with this. Does that happen to you? I don't have tins in the freezer. I have I have no food in the freezer, but I have a ton of dough. Cookie dough. <laughs> and, 
One never knows. Oh, may I give you a great holiday tip? Yeah. So you were talking about having made the Christmas spice cookies as slice and bake cookies. Mm-hmm. A great thing to do for the holidays when you're invited to someone's home is bring a plate of the cookies that you've made from the slice and bake log and bring a frozen log along as well. Tell them it's frozen, though, so they don't put it (laughs) underneath the tree. (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. But that way, you're bringing something that people can enjoy in the moment and then be able to have some in the freezer and make them for themselves. Isn't that great? They'll think of you when they bake them. I was thinking uh-huh. you could even bake them at their house, make their house smell good. Oh, yeah. yeah Assuming they let you use their oven. <laughs> Tori, let me just say that this is one bossy crowd here because, first of all, we've told people that you should go in the door if you have good wine with the cork halfway out of the bottle. That's my now, now, now we're telling them we're going to start baking in your oven pretty soon. That's right. This is an oven takeover. <laughs> Where's the cognac? <laughs> and you could bring your clearly own. Clearly not getting invited back. Yeah. And tablecloth and, and sheets. And you don't even have to be home. <laughs> Just leave the door open. We'll take care of it. <laughs> okay. Dory Greenspan is back on our show. It is always a treat for us. She's done a new book called Dory's Cookies, and they are something. I have eaten a million, and she is just a genius at this. So these almond crackle cookies on our website, foodschmooze.org. I love it this year that Hanukkah is right at the same time as Christmas Eve. I love when they come together that way. Uh, Matzah morsels. (laughs) These, I haven't tried these. Can I just say the ingredients? Raisins or dried cranberries, a half stick of butter, semi-sweet or bittersweet chocolate, sea salt, unsalted matzah crumbled up, and chocolate chips. It's also no bake. No bake? No bake. So you can go into someone's home and not take over their oven. Nice. (laughs) So maybe this is better. (laughs) Okay, so... So <laughs> you've got um, parchment paper down on a bake or a silicone baking mat. How does this come together? You put those raisins, or the, if you're using cranberries, in a bowl. Right. And then a little water to get them moist. Or the cognac that you have left over from the... <laughs> Uh-oh, now we're You could do that. Like you could it. do you really that. Could. Sure you could. Oh, right. yeah. You could. And then the butter goes in, chocolate. This is a stirring job. Yes, that's all it is. So we have slice and bake. And we have stir and scoop. Love it. Matzah morsels. They are so good. The texture is so great because the chocolate, it gets a little crunchy. The matzah is crunchy. And the fruit, because you've soaked it, is just tender. And Mm. that tang that you get from either raisins or cranberries with the chocolate, it's so good. So once they're set on the baking sheet, they're ready to be served. This recipe is on our food site, foodschmooze.org, so have a look at that. Thumbprints, this has got to be one of the biggest, I think the most popular cookies of the holiday season. Everybody wants to eat and make thumbprint cookies, Mm. don't you think? They're easy and they're always beautiful. You press in the dough and then inside that little bowl, you scoop something delicious. In this case, well, you've got chocolate in there. Mm. So you made these for Passover originally. That's right, because they're gluten-free. There's no flour. So it's a macaroon. That's exactly what it is. And it has a chocolate filling. So I do these in the food processor. It's just like pulse, 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 and the dough comes together. Almonds, coconut, 
sugar, and egg whites. And then there's a little chocolate ganache in the center. This is one of those things where you think, how can something so simple be so good? Mm, boy, do these look good. I, I wish know. I had these right now. I yeah, know. I wish I had a tin of those, And yes. a little cognac, even mm. with these, would be good. <laughs> okay, or a mm, little glass of champagne they would all, be another uh, thing. I can't tell which one I like better. I know. I think all it, of them, right? Why, yeah. why do we have to choose? Can't we have I them all? I was just, yeah. don't you know, choose. You just know what? make them all. I have friends and family that do Christmas cookies, and they go crazy. This is the perfect book for them. I know oh, yeah. what I'm getting them for Christmas oh. because they're making so many different kinds. They have their repertoire of the ones that they always make, yeah. and then they have like five or six that they cycle in and out. We're not pausing on this one. I want to say that I am a nut about butter cookies, oh, any kind of butter cookies, shortbread, you name it. And there is on the next page corked Breton galette with tons of butter in them. And so <laughs> just fabulous. Um, very, very good. Okay, but don't think we would go through the holiday season and feature Dory Greenspan and her new book, Dory's Cookies, without a chocolate blast. And have we got it? All right. These are called chunkers. Oh, chunkers. Just My by son's favorite <laughs> cookie. Yep. Just the name alone. You've got dried cherries, uh, mm-hmm. flour, cocoa powder, sea salt, baking powder, butter, bittersweet chocolate, salted cashews, um, <laughs> milk chocolate also. That's a nice effect, the dark in the milk, yeah. and sugar and vanilla. Oh. Yes. How does it and come together? Chunkers. It comes together easily, and it is so delicious. So it has it has over a pound of chocolate in the batch. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and that makes four cookies, I think. Is that- well, actually, <laughs> these chunkers are chunky, so it yeah. only makes mm. the recipe only makes about eighteen cookies. So these are really this is a one to a person total treat. Speak for yourself. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> one a bat. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know this, what a lovely thing at the end of a meal mm. it would be for me if someone said you know put out the cookies as the main featured dessert and maybe a little taste of a dessert wine or hot cocoa to mm. dip, anything. I think Santa I would think like these cookies. I think this would be a lovely dessert. Absolutely. <laughs> really I'd make this my main dessert without doing this- a whole big fancy thing. Faith, I think of this as the dessert. You do? because Yeah, I do. Because it's, it's so chocolatey. It's so interesting because everybody's different. Because sometimes you'll get the dried cherries and the nuts. Sometimes you'll get just the nuts. Sometimes you get the dark chocolate or you get the milk chocolate. So every bite is a surprise. It's really mm. interesting. And it's so deeply, deeply, deliciously Ooh, chocolate. Yeah. So you don't, you don't, you don't want to share that moment with another dessert. This one is its own, its own treat. Okay, just a survey. How many people here think, Robin? You might find this too. This reminds me of my childhood experience of eating a chunky bar. Remember yeah. those square chocolate bars oh, with, yeah. with, with oh, yeah. fruit and nut? You know, so oh, it was yeah. raisins and nuts. Only this is at a much higher level. This would be, but that this would be <laughs> that experience form. exactly. But and faith, there was that's no what I had can... in mind. You I'm did? sorry, Robin. Seriously? Yes, that's exactly what I had in mind. I was going to say there was no other candy bar like a chunky. No, nothing, nothing that had raisins, nuts, no, and all no. that great stuff in there all at once. That's right. So do where they, was I? Do they still exist? <laughs> the chunky bars? I haven't oh, seen them in a long time. 
haven't seen them probably oh. in 15 years. Okay, right. so these are the chunkers, and we are very proud to say these two are on our website at okay. foodschmooze.org. And it's schmooze is spelled like school, as Dory knows, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E, <laughs> foodschmooze.org. The book is Dory's Cookies, Dory Greenspan. And may I say in this final minute that we have, Dory, that one of the things I appreciate about your baking is that you use salt in the best way. There's always a pivot point in your recipes where everything comes through, including that little bit of salt, so that there's a balance of sweet against salt in your things. And I love that. Thank you. I think salt is so important in pastry. Years ago, Pierre Hermé, the French pastry chef, said to me, before we really were using salt, we were just using a pinch of salt in every recipe, he said, think of salt in pastry the way you think of it in cooking. It's a seasoning. It seasons all the other ingredients. Mm. Mm -hmm. And you get to a point where you miss it if it's not there. So Mm. I'm glad you noticed. Yeah, and I'm known to salt the exterior of a cookie. (laughs) 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 You know, seriously, I will because I want that sweet salt thing going on. By the way, when you get this book, look up the recipe for Sable. They are... I think among Dory's most delicious cookies. So, a Dory Greenspan, Dory's Cookies, name of the book. Thank you so much for being with us, Dory. Thank you. Love you all. Sending big kisses. Happy hey. Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Happy New Year, too. Yeah. All right. Happy New Year. <laughs> we need that. All right, we have more mouthwatering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton food schmooze, including... Anthony DeSeri, our cocktail guy, has made one doozy of an eggnog. Wait until we tell you about this. And we have the recipe on our site for the holidays, foodschmooze.org. I hope you will make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. We're online now, foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back. I should do like those Christmas cookies, sugar. Should do like those Christmas cookies, babe. Ones that look like Santa Claus, Christmas trees and trails, y'all. Should do like those Christmas cookies, babe. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. have a podcast for you, meaning we'd like to send the show to you. Of course, you can go to our site and listen to the shows anytime, but we'll send it right to you in your email. And so that when you're in the doctor's office or you're running or you're shopping or anything you're doing, click on it and listen to the show. Easiest way. It is the way everybody is doing it now. It's really remarkable to me that this is um, how our listening goes, but me too. That's how I do it. It's just sign up for it once at our site, foodschmooze.org. And that's 
it. There's no extra stuff. It's the show. And you can go to our site, of course. We love talking with you there, foodschmooze.org. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province of Hartford, wine broker Mark Raymond of Weathersfield, and Anthony DeSario, our cocktail guy of Branford, Connecticut. A little bit later, we're going to talk with Amy Traverso of Yankee Magazine. She's got a great recipe in the current issue for pear, walnut, and gorgonzola puffs that you make with store-bought puff pastry. So we love that. And uh, so we're going to talk with her about that Mm. and some other things. It's eggnog time. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony Desario, we said, come on, lay it on us, Anthony. What can you do? Thanksgiving to New Year's. Right. This is, we're all sipping this right now. And it is, you know what I love about it? Mm. That's why we're quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Yum. What I love about this is that it doesn't taste too heavy. It's fresh. There's no additives mm, or preservatives. It's just delicious. Made it at home the way the colonists did back in the day. Just heavy cream, milk, eggs, and strong boots. Whole milk? Whole milk. Oh, yeah. Whole milk, heavy cream. The, what so, was the liquor you and used? And the liquor I used, uh, this is my prohibition eggnog. So with the repeal day that just passed the anniversary of uh, prohibition, I used real McCoy rum. Love so, it. Okay. And they're uh, imported out of the mystic area of Connecticut. So it's a Connecticut imported rum. So good. It's, it's Alex one and I. One, one Alex is a nice favorite. So yeah. we like post pictures of bottles of it back and forth. <laughs> yeah. But it's really a beautiful rum. Okay. And um, I used uh, their silver rum and their aged, the three-year aged and the five-year. This is the three and the five mixed together. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. So normally eggnogs were, you know, whiskey-based, brandy-based, cognac-based. They would put sherry in them, Madeira wines. Oh, so whatever you had around. So whatever you had around. And I just love the caramel flavors and the spices and the vanillas that come out in this rum. So it just adds to those holiday spices. So if you want to add a little cinnamon or vanilla and... To do yeah. nutmeg on the top. Half and half or just full heavy cream? Full heavy cream. I just uh, And whole milk. Whole right? milk. There's so, something light, clean about this. When you do the eggnog, you have to separate your eggs first. So you have to you have your egg yolks on one side with the sugar, yep. and you have to beat all that together, and then you add in your milks. And on the other end, you have your bowl with separated with your egg whites, and you have to beat those into thick, heavy peaks. So once you have all the yolks with the sugar and the spirits all mixed together and the milks you let that sit for about 20 minutes and uh chris you could probably explain how the alcohol actually cooks the eggs Mm because people are afraid that the raw eggs so the alcohol will cook the eggs and this is something nobody does when they make not nobody but very few people do this when they make eggnog usually when i watch people eggnog they either just mix it all together Mm -hmm. or they put it in a blender yeah it's like a waffle batter yeah it's like a lot but you have to separate it and whip the thing separately and And then and then you fold those egg whites in after and that gives you that really airy lightness of it oh, too so, yeah. so that actually kind of wow. thins it out uh-huh. adds some air do you use a beautiful flavors. punch bowl oh yeah you serve it yeah, yeah. you can put it in a punch bowl it's yeah. also you know i have so much more at home yeah. that you know i will bottle into mason jars and maybe put ribbons on it send it because it gets gifts. better so, right yeah, it gets better with age yes it does yeah. oh yeah oh yeah the longer it sits the better it is and you keep yeah. it in the refrigerator yes can you freeze it <laughs> sure yeah you can freeze it you can actually even make it into an ice cream you can, like maybe put like a couple gelatin yeah. sheets in there and whip it together and make an eggnog ice cream. Ice cream. You can so put yeah. it in your coffee. As we a coffee cream. We do French toast. Oh. Right? French toast. Next day, yeah. if there's any left, put if some bread and fried in butter. Mm. <laughs> How about a scoop of frozen in your coffee? Oh, yeah. my God, oh. yeah. Mm. 
or, or a scoop of frozen like uh, what's the Italian drink where you put the espresso on top? Affogato. The affogato. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so many possibilities. In your hot chocolate. A oh yeah. Scoop in your hot this recipe from Anthony Desario is on our site right now, foodschmooze.org. If you have a way that you do eggnog, a special way, a quick way, a trick. Anything about eggnog, we would like to know on Facebook. Yeah. So go to our site and tell us what you do with your eggnog. Is there a combination of liquors? Do you keep liquor out if you use a non-alcohol eggnog? Is there something else that you put in? Um, We've been talking about, you know, for instance, I've always wondered, is it possible to make a chocolate eggnog? I've never seen anyone do it. Oh, that's good. Wouldn't it be? Have you had it, Alex? No, I love it, though. Wouldn't it be something? You can add some cocoa powder to those. Cocoa powder. Instead of, you know, as part of your sugar when you do the uh, egg yolks. Does anyone, if if you do that, if anyone does that or has some flavor Mm -hmm. that, that is special... And there is the Puerto Rican coquito, coquito which coquito, is a, a version that. of eggnog. It is to die for this mm. stuff. The champions who win oh, at yes. the contest each oh, year yeah, in Connecticut. Yes, yeah. It's so <gasps> staggeringly delicious. And I don't even know what to do. very easy to make. Oh, well, but they all have different. the recipes, coquito. though. What makes it, a coquito different from an eggnog? It's really a lack of eggs, and you have, it's a coconut milk. Condensed milk, milk Condensed right? milk, evaporated milk, coconut milk, and coconut cream. So there's more mm. coconut involved. So mm. it's a little more tropical, yeah. right, with yes. the coconut? Yeah. And no, oh, see, I didn't realize that. No egg? The recipes what? I've seen come across really don't have any egg, because the usually the evaporated milk gives it really a lot of thickness I, I to think it. that a coquito is one of the best things that Americans make. It is really, really something. Yeah. And Anthony, yours is fabulous. Thank so you. And we want to get a whole dialogue going about this uh, eggnog, mm-hmm. your eggnog recipes. So that's Faith Middleton Food Schmooze on Facebook. Let's get a conversation going. Uh, you could also serve them warm, and that's called a Tom and Jerry. That was uh, almost like they used waffle batter and just added spirits to that back in the day. Oh, I like no. that. Oh. Tom and Jerry. Tom I like Jerry. the name, too. I'd like to say that there is, I met someone once who had a trick of doing instant eggnog. The idea is to melt a couple of containers of Haagen-Dazs. Oh, yeah, I can see that. And and then start stirring in your, if you're using spirits, you stir in the rum or whatever, you know, if you put a little vanilla or whatever you're going to put in there. Because the eggs are already in, sure. it's an ins- it's yeah. really melted. It's it's That's eggnog. It. Yeah. yeah. Now there are bound to be ice creams out there that have got so many chemicals in them that you can. I've done this. You pour them in the sink and you can melt it, and it's just, <laughs> just sits three there. days later it's still that's sitting, still there. Just sitting there it's just and it's foam. not melted. A little foam sitting in the, in the <laughs> trap. <laughs> Frightening. If you haven't tried fresh eggnog, it's so different than mm-hmm. store brought stuff, is. right? It's, it is. It's almost well, like a different <clears> drink <throat> entirely. Yeah. That's why I was going to say it's worth making. Your, I mean, there's some steps really involved here. You got to do a couple little things by whipping stuff together but it is so worth it mm, I love yeah. a couple extra things eggs and, you know, splitting eggs yeah. in 15 minutes of just whisking with a, with an egg beater Anthony you so often know the history of drinks you might not know this one but I wonder why people began making eggnog to begin with why the, these, that? This was originally like again we, we always talk about where cocktails have their history from and their roots a lot of these all come from colonial times and using what you had around so you had sugar you had, you had milk, eggs you had cream um, you had Eggs from the and chickens. We talked about uh, maybe one of our way prior shows. We talked about uh, the flips, a whole egg in the tankard, and you added your spirit, your whole egg, your milk, and your sugar. And they had the, the flip iron that they would just stick into the tankard to cook the drink, and all the oh yeah, and everything would yeah. congeal that way. Well, that's cool. And so this really is 
a rum flip with a little bit of cream added to it. So it's an egg cocktail. One of the stories that goes back is, uh, I believe it was a German story, where they would put ale in theirs, and they would use hot ale with the cream and the eggs, and it was in a big tankard mug that they called a noggin. Mm. So it was egg in noggin. Egg in noggin became eggnog, and that's one of the many stories of where eggnog got its name from. So Very ale cool. was substituted for rum. Yes, and yeah, in Germany they'd use ale or Belgian beers. And wow, yeah, I, I think beer? I like the rum. Yeah, yeah, I like the rum. The rum works for me. I wonder, yeah. you know, that's good for our discussion on Facebook right mm-hmm. now. The artisanal beers. Sure. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, like you were um, saying, like maybe like a chocolate stout. Yeah. yeah. Or a Guinness. Yeah. Or a Guinness. Yeah. 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 Very, very Irish interesting. Eggnog. Okay, I wonder Faith Middleton Food Schmooze on Facebook. Go ahead. I wonder if you could pour a little like um, 7-Up or seltzer water in here to make it like a creamsicle. Yeah, you would like, end up having yeah. Give it a little effervescence. Yeah, you'd be mm-hmm. almost into that Ramos Gin Fizz type of uh, New Orleans classic yeah. cocktail Ooh. right there. What could we do? I do like that. What could we? So Perfect. I'm interested in the chocolate one. I think that would be really fun. Oh, I love that. I want to make caramel. Yeah, like yeah. doing your you're doing oh, your trick yeah. for caramel yeah. by p- cooking the can of sweetened condensed milk. Oh yeah, and so almost crossing right? the eggnog yeah. with the coquito. Yeah, you know, taking the coconut out and dulce just make a little dulce leche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> little sea salt on top of Ooh. it. There you go. Yeah, oh yeah. Could you do a key lime? I don't see oh, why not. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Little orange soda, and you got creamsicle. Absolutely. You know, even on or mandarino. I can yeah. I can envision even on this eggnog in the you know the foam sort of goes to the top. You could just put some citrus um, zest on top. Yeah, just a little to, orange zest, like you're thinking, lemon zest. Exactly, yeah. freshen what, it up. What mm. would I? I don't know if this would work. This is a, what what you guys do. You know, when you're creating a cocktail, you try it to see what's oh, yeah. what's going yeah. on. I was wondering what bitters. You know, some of these, like a, um, oh. a Bruto Americano that we had on oh, the sure. show, which is this so new good. bitter thing. And there's, like Campari. It's yes. like a Campari, yeah. only it's even more delicious yeah, and than it has Campari. that little chocolate note to it on the finish, too, as I well. I wonder so what that would taste like if you had that sort of yeah, herbal, yeah. bitter thing in your eggnog. We'll come down to the restaurant tonight. We'll find out. We'll find <laughs> <laughs> Try it out. Experimenting <laughs> at it. 6. I know, what I, I know what I'm doing at 5.30 tonight. <laughs> And, um, and those Tempest if, Fugit if you liqueurs, on. the mint or the, the chocolate from Tempest Fugit that we used. Oh, yeah. What was that? Tempest Fugit creme de cocoa that we yeah, used. That oh, my. Delicious. Oh, that had that deep, Wouldn't rich chocolate taste. Oh, my God, yes. The most staggeringly yeah. delicious way to do it. a little bit of that it. instead of your sugar <gasps> as part of your sweetener. Or half yeah. your rum. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Tempest Fugit yeah. is our favorite. Creme de cocoa. Creme de cocoa. Yeah, with the Swedish chocolate and the Madagascar vanilla in there. It's oh, yeah. a Stunning. It's so yeah. good. Tempest Fugit. Okay. On Facebook, we just heard from Jonathan Norwich, and he said, I wish more people would get into aperitifs and digestifs. You know, that's what we're talking yeah. about here. Mm-hmm. At the end of a meal, it really is settling and fun. And to oh, yeah. start a meal, it's yeah. also great with a little splash of soda. Yeah, yeah it gets, gets you going, mm-hmm. gets you hungry. Gets you hungry. Yeah, exactly. makes you hungry. Europeans do it, right, Mark, well, all the time. Alex was just over in Europe, as was I, and before we would go out, the Aperol Spritz. You yeah. had to yeah. have it, you know. It's one of my or a splash of Prosecco. Yeah. In it. Every sat down at every restaurant, they offer you an aperitif as yeah. you go in. Chris, in the restaurant, do people ever order aperitifs like that? Not all. Often, but they do. We still sell a ton of Campari and sodas and all kinds of different things that really get your appetite going. It's catching on more and more. Yeah, it's sort of ebbs and flows, and it's very low. It's a better way to start than a martini, I think. Yeah, Yeah. and you do see it. You are seeing a big swing from, you know, I've been bartending since like the late 90s, early 2000s. Everything was sweet back then. 
Mm-hmm. Now everybody's kind of switching over to the bitters, yep. and yeah. and that's you're in all the getting Americans. the aperol spritz. You're yeah. getting and that's what gets you hungry, right? It's the bitter taste. It's that bitter taste. Yeah. So but, you but are h- seeing a lot of bitter liqueurs popping up now. Help me understand this before we go to Amy Traverso in our next segment to talk about these gorgonzola puffs. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> um, help me understand because we call them bitters, but really when I'm tasting it, I'm tasting a fair amount of sugar in there. Well, they're low in alcohol, so it's just like with wine. The lower alcohol percentage, the higher the sweetness. Uh-huh. But so, they get diluted, too, so, and with they like do get cava down. or sparkle. That, that's and, why you edge into it and make yeah. it a groaning. And, <laughs> and, and bitter is the flavor, because remember, that we yeah. taste those five things. Yeah. And bitter is the one I always say we love to hate. Yes. In other words, you always say, oh, I hate that, but you want a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> and a little bit the more. The Italians <laughs> love it, right? Oh, it's yeah. in all their wine. Yeah. And, and actually, uh, with the uh, Americano, that's actually Americano had nothing to do with the Americano. Americans adding club soda to their what's the cocktail we're thinking of the spritz. Like the spritz so it's you know or the negroni so the americano was just the sweet vermouth and the bitters with club soda but the americano is the original name for campari was american or i'm not oh, pronouncing correctly right but it means bitter well thank you so much for the eggnog oh, and the recipe for, is there for more? all of us yeah, yeah there's more in the other room that's at <laughs> foodschmooze.org We have coming up Amy Traverso of Yankee Magazine, and we're dying to hear from her about this pear, walnut, and gorgonzola puff with store-bought puff pastry. We seem to be on a run here on the show with (laughs) with puff pastry. We're also going to talk with her about this side dish. I thought it was a terrific idea. Cream shard with walnut breadcrumb topping. Now, that's a great addition to something that is very, very simple. And then they gave out some food awards, and I think Connecticut got a couple, so we'll we'll hear about that. But I'm excited about this. We have, you know, one of those $45 bottles of wine to present to somebody. It is so gorgeous and so worth the money. If you've got a wine lover, you want to make a special presentation or celebrate something very special, just the two of you or just you. This is a Chateauneuf de Pop, and it is just amazing. So we're going to talk about that, too. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers. And for our podcast delivery of the show every week, find all of our food, wine, and cocktail recommendations. Go to our site, foodschmooze.org. We'll be right back. Brought the booze to the Christmas party this year. Tell me who, who spiked the eggnog? It smells like rum in here. Who, who snuck it in? We're gonna feel it tomorrow. I feel. Blame it on the eggnog. Blame it on the rum bombs. Well, it could have been the fruit. What's in it? This is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island. That means the Hamptons, too. The senior producer is Robin Doyon Aiken. And to hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. We say that to you because so many people now listen on podcasts yep. that we like to remind you, oh, if you want to hear it on the radio when you're in the 
car. This is how to do it. The podcast sign up and our curated recommendations, copies of the show you can listen to anytime in the archive. All of it online right now with all the recipes from the show and wine recommendations. Foodschmooze.org. Don't forget, we've got a conversation on Facebook going on about how you do eggnog, how we could get creative. We want to brainstorm. We could really use your help. I'd like to create a chocolate one, so I'd love to hear how to do that. Okay, I'm excited about this. We're going to go to Amy Traverso, as promised, in a couple of minutes. But you hear me say that Mark Raymond and Alex Province are wine brokers, and they turn me on to all kinds of wines. We have other sources, too, but I love their taste in wines. And so this time, Alex Province has discovered one, and this is one of those very special gifts for the wine lover or to celebrate something very special because this is around $45 a bottle, a much higher price than we normally, but it is so absolutely delicious. It is so elegant with a real stand-up-to-food kind of quality and plummy. It's from the Chateauneuf-de-Pop region of France. It's 2014. We have this on the website. You can just either read it at the uh, wine store to them or read it over the phone to make sure that they can get it for you. Go ahead, Alex. Oh my gosh, it's such a pretty area too. So Chateauneuf is this hillside village and there's an actual castle that's on top. That's where it gets its name. Chateauneuf is castle. You know, there was a French pope and so he yeah. built himself like a summer palace on top of this village. And and you drive through the vineyards and there's these round, like big stones everywhere. You saw it like in the picture and these the vines are uh, pruned like a goblet, like with mm-hmm. these, you know, like an octopus upside down. It's so amazing. In these Chateauneufs, it's a blend. So it's Grenache and Mouvedre. It's just so rich Syrah. and intense so and Syrah and Sanso. And, and, you know, we were saying before we'd pair this with like a cassoulet oh, if anyone so has a good recipe God. for that. Oh, but yeah. we had it with Chris's delicious braised chicken. Braised chicken. Yeah, because oh, I put yeah. red oh. wine in it and fennel and orange and, and that. And it was so, yeah, fabulous. Totally accidental. So you though, could right? do lamb yeah, chops. Yeah, we, we were not planning beef. this. You <laughs> could do... That was a happy accident. It just shows you how versatile wine can be with dishes like that. You know, you've got the chicken and you add that sauce fennel to it with the fennel and, and the orange and so, it just brings out all the spice in this wonderful red wine. So the vineyard's name is... Domaine de Pignan, and that's spelled as if it's Pignan, P-I-G-N-A-N, Domaine de Pignan, 2014. If you've got a wine lover, the person will be knocked out to see a bottle of Chateauneuf to pop coming in the door. And sometimes people um, like to give wine as a present that someone's going to sell or, you know, keep in their basement for a couple of years. And Chateauneuf is something for someone who collects that 2014 was an excellent vintage. So this would be a fun wine to store as well. So uh, we all tasted this before the show and we're just, that's why we're talking about it. We were blown away as a holiday present. Wow. Or and I'm got not special super wine night. geek here, right? And there's, But there are certain wines, and Chateauneuf de Pop is one of the ones that I always say, if you want to taste what a place is like, mm-hmm. yes. this is yes. one of those wines. It mm-hmm. really does. Yeah. When you drink yeah. this wine, and it's pretty much all the Chateauneuf de Pops, it really brings you to that place. I don't know what it is, but there's something about the way it's made and I, the grapes from that area. Yeah. I would yeah. say about this one, yeah. though, I was on a run, a streak with Chateauneuf. Enough to pop at one point. 
about, oh, I don't know, five, seven years ago, and I was trying all kinds, including a white mm-hmm. Chateauneuf de Pau. Oh, those yeah. are good. And yeah. they're, they're, all, they're all a little different. This is, this might be the best one I've ever had. Yeah. Seriously, it's really a beauty, I Alex. put it up against Bocas style. Thank you, yeah. Faith. So, it's delicious. So yeah. you're welcome. Um, Domaine de Pignon, 2014, on the website at foodschmooze.org. If wine can taste like velvet in the mouth, that's the feel, the wow. mouth feel yeah. on this. That's it's a great very way to describe elegant. that. Yeah, yep. beautiful. Okay, I wish we could sit down to a big meal right now and <laughs> yeah, have no. that. I would just be so excited. Is there more chicken? Yeah. All right, <laughs> let's go to our buddy, Amy Traverso, who is the food editor of Yankee Magazine and uh, does a very good job, I think. And in this current issue, which is all about Christmas in Boston, which is charming, um, Amy, welcome to the Food Schmooze. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, we wanted to thank Paula Pierce and Jason Black for being uh, so terrific. They help us with production of the recipes for the site. They volunteered to do that, and we just, we so appreciate those two, Paula Pierce and Jason Black. Okay, Amy Traverso, we want to know about this pear, walnut, and gorgonzola puff that you tell people how to make in the issue. We, too, like Dufour brand, but it's quite hard to find for many people. And so we go to Pepperidge Farm. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely fine to use Pepperidge Farm. It's, it's a good product. Um, it's easily available. And when it comes to holiday cooking, there's so many demands that are placed on the typical home cook at a very busy time of the year. It sort of all piles on at once. You're entertaining while also doing all this other stuff. So I like, if you're going to do appetizers, I like stuff where you make like a sheet of something and cut it into pieces rather than fussing over little Mm. individual things. So if you have a sheet of pastry, you can put some stuff on it, um, cut it into triangles (laughs) or diamonds or whatever shape Mm. you want, and then you've got your appetizer. You've got a lot of pieces for the people at your party. I Mm -hmm. love this. And so what you're doing is you lay out that uh, puff pastry sheet on a, a cutting board with a little flour on it. Yeah. And roll it out a little bit thinner. Yeah. And then you do that thing where you cut them into the squares you were just talking about, or you can make triangles. Yeah, yeah. You can do whatever shape you like. And then those, um, those go on a baking sheet? Yes. And yes. so what are you putting on the top? It's such a classic flavor pairing. It's almost, I almost feel cheap doing it, but it's just so <laughs> it's, good. But it's so good together. It. It's so good. Um, it's pear, walnut, and gorgonzola. Yeah. It's just oh, of oh, yeah. all the food pairings in the world. It's like peanut butter yeah. and jelly. It's just, it's so perfect together. Oh. And it's, these are ingredients that are easy. Now, gorgonzola is a type of blue cheese. You can certainly use whatever blue cheese you have your hands on. And then pears and walnuts are very easy to find. And so you just kind of cube the, you know, dice the pears, crumble the cheese, and chop the walnuts and sprinkle them in the triangles you've cut out. And then the puff pastry bakes up around that, and you have this yummy, savory mm. center. Wow. And you bake it, oh, wow. you know, for, at 375 for 15 to 20 minutes, and you've got your appetizer. Isn't that mm. wonderful? I would be just standing by that table oh, yeah. if those came out doing all my chatting right there. When are you coming over, <laughs> Amy? <laughs> a glass of champagne, right? Within reach of... <laughs> it's just perfect. So, okay, let's go to this other one that you have. We've done a big thing with our Provençal beef tenderloin for the holidays. We've got right. a big recipe going with that. We made up our own 
Provencal spice mixture as a team. And so it's got orange and fennel seeds and everything in it. And then we did a red wine sauce to put over that. And it's sitting on puff pastry. So that brings, it brings us to um, this issue of sides for the holidays. I think you've got a great one here. Creamed shard with walnut breadcrumb topping. Yes. In the issue, we did a a slow-roasted tenderloin with a shallot port sauce. So, you know, similar fancy cut of meat for Mm -hmm. the holiday. And I was thinking about the kind of classic pairings you would do with meat. And, of course, everybody does creamed spinach, and that's a great dish. But it can be kind of a little bit... Um, heavy, gloppy, slimy, depending on, you know, if it's mm-hmm. made well or not. doesn't have to be. But it's a little familiar, and I was thinking about a way to freshen it up a little. So first I was thinking about texture, and I thought, you know, it would be really, really nice to have something crunchy on top as opposed to just the creamed greens. And I think chard is kind of an under utilized green. I mean, it's so full of vitamins. It's so good for you. It cooks down really nicely into something that's tender. It's, you know, kale... I love kale, but, you know, you cook it down, it still has a pronounced texture. Chard gets pretty silky. And, you know, you just cook it in the kind of classic cream spinach way with some garlic and butter and salt and pepper and a little bit of cream and grated Parmesan cheese. I mean, that's your mix. And you do want to just blanch the chard before you add it to those ingredients to make it tender. And you also want to cut away, rip away the stems, which I just do with my hands. It's very fast. You just grab the leaf and run your hand down the spine of the stem and the leaves will rip off and you don't have to do any, you know, precise chopping or anything like that. strips off. Nice to have a little texture on top of the vegetable too. I like, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, that's just some French bread, you know, made into breadcrumbs with some walnuts, garlic, uh, nutmeg, mm-hmm. olive oil. You cook them in the pan, brown things up, and then put them on top of the chard, and you have a really pretty and really delicious dish. Yeah, I see this as you're only going to take a small portion at first. You know, it's chard, but then you go back and keep getting more and more and yeah. more yeah. because it's one of those things that you taste and you're like, hmm, that I kind of like that. And then because the crunchy tech, right, it gets mm-hmm. you going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, um, you've reinvented it. We're talking with <laughs> we're talking with Yankee Magazine's Amy Traverso, the food editor, and she has shared a couple of the recipes from the magazine with us. They're on our website right now. You heard us talking about those gorgonzola pear puffs, um, puff pastry for an appetizer, and now this side dish of chard. Also gave out a few food awards, as you do each year, and I noticed for Connecticut that an award went to a company called Tory and Howard in New Milford, Connecticut. So this is self-described candy freak Tori Burke. She had food allergies and so has has made these chewy fruities. Tell me about them. Yeah, so the Food Awards were our effort to recognize all the great kind of artisan foods that are being made in New England, which, I mean, if you go to any farmer's market, you're going to see them. And there's so many people making wonderful stuff. And we wanted to look for products that you might want to give as a gift or serve at a holiday party, because we do this in, no- in our November-December issue. And we also wanted to have foods that came at different price points and and weren't necessarily really expensive, although some are. Looking around, I had come across these candies that really just caught my eye because they're so beautifully packaged. Actually, it turns out that Tori Burke and her partner Howard Slatkin have been in the interior design world forever and have incredible style, so it's not surprising Mm -hmm. that their products look beautiful and, you know, quite inexpensive 
little tin of their little pastille candies is, mm-hmm. you know, it looks just gorgeous and makes a great gift. These are made without artificial flavorings, colors, corn syrup, dairy, soy, gluten. They're things you can kind of feel okay giving your kids if you're, if you're yeah. concerned about those ingredients. And they come in really fun flavors. The Chewy Fruities are kind of like Starburst with clean ingredients and cool flavors like Meyer Lemon Raspberry or Blood Orange Honey. Um, they're just, uh, you know, Cocktails. there's actually a no, pair of cinnamon. You know, I, I just want to say I am so glad you selected that product because, you know, some of the kids in our family have food allergies and, you know, have come close to dying a couple of times because of exposure. And they decided as kids to start their own line of bars, my niece and my nephew, and wow. it's, and it's wow. out there. It's called yeah. Don't Go Nuts. That's and so, so there are no nuts <laughs> nut in the bars. product, nut-free, gluten-free, you know, That's free awesome. of every darn wow. thing you can imagine. Yeah. Right, right. Now they're starting to roll it out around the country. I just am so excited for them. That's, That's so That's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. This very much like that is a safe treat. And, yeah. you know, obviously they're still made with sugar, and you can decide how much sugar you want to eat or you want your kids to eat. But it doesn't have a lot of the stuff that I think, you know, makes people particularly worried. And they just really taste better than your typical candy and they look a lot prettier so they yeah. they're not expensive it's 3.99 for a 4 ounce bag so That's you know nice. to make a nice stocking stuffer well it's always a treat to talk with you thank you so much amy and of course those recipes are on the website and they are from your november december issue which is out now uh, Yankee yes. Magazine. Thanks for having Happy me. holiday, you. You too. Okay. <laughs> hey, we wanted to let you know we've got a whole new batch of Food Schmooze videos. The gang and I went to Clark's Kitchen Showroom in uh, Norwalk, Connecticut, where you can test drive all the appliances. <laughs> yes. So we oh, did. Yeah. We decided <laughs> to do cool videos place. there with the CPTV crew. And we are showing you how to make our special holiday meal, which is that Provencal tenderloin, our original recipe with a red wine sauce on top of it. So you're south of France this this holiday season. (laughs) Sitting on puff pastry, it is killer delicious. I'm not afraid to. We've got wines that we're showing you that are our favorites for the holidays. So very excited. We tell you how to use a convection oven to bake cookies or bake anything else because I know I never turn on my convection. I don't know why, but now I do. Um, so we've got a lesson on that and all kinds of things up there. So that is foodschmooze.org. And, of course, we'll be posting those on Facebook, the videos, too. When Chris cut that tenderloin, was that not just perfectly I've cooked? I've never seen a more perfectly <laughs> oh, yeah. cooked tenderloin. That was unbelievable. It was yeah, unbelievable. Had, it, was, it was dead on, and right? It that was, was a perfect mid-rare so from top delicious. to bottom. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, the oh. resting is key. Right? I think oh, we yeah. ate the whole tenderloin. Yeah, we did eat the oh, whole. I did. mean, the whole because the crew was there and the people from Clark. We ate the whole tenderloin. We did, oh, yeah. and it, it was <laughs> just perfectly done. And oh, we've yeah. also got a holiday card that oh, we yeah. that <laughs> we, the cutest thing that we sent to <laughs> you. And great. so um, we didn't have all of your addresses. We can't mail you a card, but we put this one together, and you can see it on our site. That's it's also right. going to be on Facebook. It's That's all for right. you. Really fun show, everybody. I just love this crew. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Weekdays, I hope you listen for my 60-second food schmoozes. Never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton.
Thanks for listening to the podcast on your schedule. And when you need a little party in your life, we're here and online all the time at foodschmooze.org. And of course, also on Facebook at Faith Middleton Food Schmooze.